0: We are I I Asked the question yesterday Why why does it seem like we have worked ourselves into a narrative of life where we kind of generally deem ourselves to be the most important species or the most important aspect of this planet? And what gives us the right to be able to go and be an interplanetary species? And I think the really simple answer is that, like, we don't have the right and we aren't. Like we are just a part of this global you know ecosystem. and for some reason and somehow, you know, whether or not you want to believe that you know, there was a an actual intelligent species that come from, I think the planet's called Nibiru, uh, which is super controversial, you know, which led to like our advanced civilization, whether you want to believe that it was from eating cooked meat and eating magic mushrooms or any psychedelic, you know, um, substances, or whether or not you want to believe that that's God, or whether or not you just want to simply believe that this is all a part of natural evolution. And we got picked somehow, for some reason. Like, I don't think that there's a definitive answer, but the the need and the thirst and the quest for us wanting to be able to have an answer. You know, like that, that makes us find that it makes us want to be able to convince other people that you know we have this answer and that's where you kind of have these top reasons and where they come from is cuz you want to be the supplier of the reason you want to be the person who supplies the reason to be able to give this all origin cuz that's really what we're talking about here is just the origin of all this cuz if we can discover the origin depending on where that origin came from we we have a understanding of where this could go or what the purpose is long term. Because, you know, even if we've been around for a million years, which it's starting to seem like because of all these, you know, biological discoveries that we have been around for, you know, millions of years. But such a fraction of time, it's a, a sneeze, you know, in the timeline of existence. And like, what does existence even mean? And where did existence start? Like, I I think like those are some of the mind boggling questions is you have to assume that this all started somewhere and like, why, how, like anything, you know, take something very common, for example, that we can all identify with very easily, a cell phone. Well, at first I think you have to trace back the cell phones that we have today is just the simple communication between people. And then it was most likely nonverbal. And then it became these weird grunts and groans and sounds, which then got, you know, solely fine tuned over thousands or tens of thousands of years into like, you know, words of some kind, you know, then into pictures, you know, then into script, you know, then this led us into you know, phones and the cell phones that we have today. But if you isolate just the phone, you know, there was a point in time where like that that cell phone didn't exist. If you want to isolate all the other components before that, but if you look at a phone literally didn't exist and then one day it did The crazy part about this is the only reason why that phone existed is because somebody had an idea. So when we look at existence in the same context, Like, how was there no phone, no existence of any kind? And then we get into existence of all kinds. You know, how does that happen? And was it somebody's idea? Because the one thing is you have to look at this from a logical perspective. It's not like that there's always been this, if you want to go down the, the faith route, there hasn't always been like God and What preceded God is essentially you'd have to think something like, you know, there was an existence before that. Like how, how was the concept of God or God created? There was something before that. Like it just didn't magically appear like that concept that, you know, air quotes person just didn't magically appear. Who or what or how is that created? This is the part that blows my mind is because no matter where you go with this, there has to be some kind of tangible start. And whether or not you want to think that our universe is expanding and contracting all the time. And you know, maybe one day, like all these planets, and everything will be smushed back together. And it it is just one planet. Fuck, I don't know. Nobody really knows. There's a lot of theories. The thing is, we just really have absolutely no idea. But the one thing that I do know that I find to be very interesting is that human beings have these these characteristics of, a, of advanced species. We want to say that this is solely the responsibility of some kind of outside existential force. But the one part when it comes into just natural evolution. You know, no cooked meat, no magic mushrooms, no divine intervention. But simply just organic biological evolution. Well, we know that dolphins are super smart. Like, if we could communicate with these motherfuckers, like, it would be wild. We know they're extremely intelligent. So are orca whales. You know, we know that crows are extremely smart. Extremely smart. You know, we know that rats have the ability to be able to have, you know, super intelligent properties. And... We also know that octopus, octopi, are like mind-bogglingly intelligent. We just don't have a way to be able to communicate with these species. And like, people want to argue like, well, that's the hand of God, you know, made these, you know, species incredibly intelligent. It's like, okay, like, fine. However, I just, there's a part that, just doesn't make sense and that's the part that I've never really connected with that you know if you were going to make these all of these things intelligent along these ways why would you as something why would you create an intelligent species that couldn't really do anything outside of its environment? Or do you create a base level intelligence and you watch that organically grow into something else to see what they do with it? Then why create a petri dish? You know, this is where I think that, you know, natural evolution, there was something that morphed into something and that something morphed into something else. And over the course of millions and millions and millions of years, that natural evolution just slightly changes things and who knows why and for what because we know from extreme body morphing of colors you know being able to regenerate limbs you know even plants being able to communicate with each other using the mycelium network you know in the in all organic life that's in the ground is a is a form of telephones or the internet That uses a barter system of exchange between glucose and light, you know, a photosynthetic property of a a highway that exchanges these these materials that different organic life needs to be able to survive. How some organic life can omit these different, you know, hormones into the air, these different, you know, um, compounds into the air to be able to alert other plants that they are actually being attacked by something that's going to eat it. So, you know, let off this chemical so that nobody eats you, making sure that you taste terrible. Like there's all this intelligent life around us, but like we focus on solely our intelligence. And, you know, maybe this is how species before us became super intelligent, is because they learned how to be able to harness this. You know, because the one thing that I find very interesting and, you know, and granted, like I actually don't believe in this. I just find it interesting to be able to think about these pyramids. People always think that if it wasn't people that moved these things, because we can't figure out how people would have moved these, you know, whether that's through physical technology or sound wave technology, you know, like, or You know, then people get into like, well, maybe it was aliens, you know, that helped. But what if it was animals? Like, what if it was animals who helped move some of these things in a way that people could communicate with them? Sure, there's no pictures of this happening, but we know that the pictures that we see there are most likely not pictures of the people who built these things. And maybe they are, maybe they aren't. Like we honestly don't know because there's a huge amount of controversy around that now of what the origins are and who built them and how and why. And then you take places like Gobekli, like Tempe, that, you know, how would you, if you like think about this, a city that could house millions of people, how do you cover that up? Because it was, it was intentionally buried. It's almost like we're going to build this We're going to bury it so nothing happens just in case if we need it. Because you wouldn't bury it if you needed to live in it. Like that doesn't make sense, but it was buried by the people who made it. So why build it and bury it? Think of it like this. Take a major metropolitan city that you live in or nearby, and we can use Vancouver or Seattle here. Like imagine having a place like Vancouver, you built it with seemingly no purpose for people to live in it or anything to live in it that has waterways, has fresh air ducts, has all of these things that people need to be able to survive in what seems like a catastrophe where you can grow food, house animals, all of these things. Imagine taking Vancouver or, you know, Chicago or LA or New York or something on those lines and burying it for like potential future use. Like how much material does it take to bury something to that extent? Because these were. And it was, and they're excavating it. And I think they only have like 10 or 15% of this insane metropolitan city that houses millions of peoples and animals and all this shit is buried and built and by who and how at a time when they said we were just, you know, hunter gatherers with bows and arrows, maybe like bullshit. How that makes no sense. Makes no sense. Makes as little sense to me is where did this all start? Why did it all start? And like, how does it exist? And what was the origin of it all? Because there's always like there, there's an infinite amount of origins because there's no, there's no point where there was nothing before that. Because nothing is simply just nothing. It has to be a part of something before that. Because all existence in its entirety can't cease to exist. And then all of a sudden, there's existence. Like that makes no sense. So I don't know what has me thinking about this this morning at all. About existence and the origin of existence. But it's it's very peculiar. Very peculiar. It's an interesting topic. Because the one thing is we will never really know. How would you know? And who confirms what you think to be true, true? Who confirms that? The, all of a sudden, this somebody or something that comes and says, oh, I'll tell you the the origin of this all. And it's like, well, how do I know you're not full of shit? It may seem right. But who's going to fact check that? I don't know. Nobody. Nothing. But I don't know. What an interesting thing. What an interesting way to wake up on this Thursday morning. Maybe it's because, you know, I just fried myself in the sauna, drove home, had a shower, kind of immediately went to bed, had a super restless sleep, got very little sleep, and then got up at three. And now my mind is just in this rabbit hole of existential angst, (laughs) but not really angst. Just curiosity is maybe what I should say. So welcome to my Thursday. I hope that it allows you an opportunity to be able to reflect for a few minutes as you're listening to this to answer maybe some of those questions yourself and like what you think and maybe what you believe.